Hi, this is Brett, and thanks for joining me today here at the Carpenters Union. Last week in our study of the book of Joshua, chapter 2, we discussed a very important woman by the name of Rahab. As it was discussed, Rahab went through rehab by following the CDC recommendations. <laughs> for those of you who have no clue what I'm talking about, well, go back and listen to that recording. Anyway, her conversion was pretty amazing. Even more intriguing is how it gave us all a great picture of the process that many of us went through during our own salvation story. We considered our degenerate condition and we had a dramatic conversion and we made a declarative confession that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Well, there's more to tell about Rahab. As I have noted before, be sure to read all of the chapter in full context, but today we will look at Rahab from another angle, another perspective. We will see how she went from being a candidate for condemnation to a candidate being granted commendation. How she went from deserving nothing but shame to being granted a place alongside some of Scripture's most famous and notable spiritual heroes. In the light of God's good and holy nature, well, I can only say that I too am a candidate for condemnation. Not sure about you, but I would certainly like to see how someone can be moved from the bottom to the top in God's economy, wouldn't you? So without further delay, let's get into God's word and nail down some more details and perspectives about how Rahab went from being worthless to worthy, shall we? Rahab, a prostitute. Yes, she was saved. Praise the Lord. Yes, and she demonstrated a genuine conversion, an awesome demonstration of faith. But do any of you take issue with the following two verses from Joshua chapter 2, in particular verses 4 and 5? And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me but I don't know where they came from. And it came to pass at about the time of the shutting of the gate when it was dark that the men left. And I don't know where they went. Pursue after them quickly, for you shall overtake them. Hmm. There is a problem here, folks. Even in her act of faith, in her act of conversion, she is a liar. She tells a big whopper. You know, the Bible says that we're not to bear false witness. We're to honor our rulers, and that implies being truthful. This is a dilemma and a moral problem. What's the deal? You know, God knows the end from the beginning. And because of the finished work of Christ, we are placed, baptized as it were, into Christ, and his righteousness now covers all of us. Only the good shows through. You know, the scriptures outline this principle very well. The Old Testament, we can always count on the Old Testament to show people like they are, warts and all, bad smell and everything. You think of some of the, the bad and evil deeds of Lot and David and countless others, right? Yet <clears throat> the New Testament does not show the sin, but highlights only the good stuff. Because basically the bad stuff has already been dealt with. 
1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says that all of our works will be tried by fire. Wood, hay, and stubble will just simply burn away, only leaving gold, silver, and precious stones. How do you picture this? Like a conveyor belt, maybe? So all the wood, hay, and stubble is on one side of the conveyor belt and it's feeding into the furnace and on the other side out comes on the conveyor belt tiny little nuggets of gold and little little tiny diamonds. Hmm. A couple of things to consider here. 1 Corinthians 13, it says that when we see him face to face, we will know him as he knows us. It'll be perfect. Furthermore, Revelations 1 it says that Jesus' eyes are a burning fire. So in the light of this, perhaps he'll look on us and that carnal stuff will poof, vaporize and vanish. Lastly, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, it describes something called the judgment seat of Christ. In Greek, it's called the bema seat. And the translation there is that it's an awards platform typically used for Olympic Games. So what will be left in this evaluation process? What rewards will they be left to offer? Tiny little nuggets of gold and little pieces of silver and tiny little fragments of a diamond? Keep in mind that when we compare ourselves to a holy and perfect God, we tend to solely focus on the vile substances about ourselves. And yeah, that's understandable. So perhaps there is more precious work we have accomplished than what we can recall ourselves. Consider this perspective. Jeremiah 15, 19, it says this. Therefore, thus says the Lord, before me you will stand. And if you extract the precious from the worthless, you will become my spokesman. Another translation says that if you extract the precious from the tiny little vial, you will become my spokesman. Folks, God specializes in extracting the precious from the worthless. He will find good stuff that others, even ourselves, can't find. He'll sort through it all. Jesus as a spokesman for God, loves to extract the precious from the vile. This is the nature of our Savior. He turns beauty from ashes. So the Lord is going to poke around our stuff and extract the precious from our vials. He will focus on the good that is done, not the stuff that's done in error. That is how he will write our stories. And it is the application of this principle that enables Rahab to receive commendation, not condemnation. How so? Well, in Hebrews 11, Rahab is singled out in the halls of faith. The famous chapter, chapter 11 in Hebrews, that outlines famous spiritual heroes from the Old Testament. Why, even Isaiah, Jeremiah, Elisha, Daniel, they didn't make the cut. But this prostitute did. Furthermore, two women are singled out in chapter 11 of Hebrews. One had a holy body, Sarah. 
barren at first, yet she brings forth a son by the name of Isaac. And one had an unholy body, used for shameful purposes. Yep, that's Rahab. Yet both are in the halls of faith. In James 2, Rahab is mentioned again this time alongside Abraham, as examples of what it means to have faith that shows itself true in the works that you do. Not just a belief, but a doing. More than a hearer of God's word, she demonstrated faith that works. Finally, the piece of resistance. Matthew 1, she is mentioned again. She is in the lineage of Jesus himself. She would later on marry a Jewish man and become the great-great-great-grandmother of King David himself and so on down the line. Inducted into Hebrews 11, the halls of faith, honored by James by her faith and works, and inserted into the lineage of Jesus himself. What an unexpected reward. Perhaps you've seen the following scenario in a sports movie. The unrated, unknown football player has defied all logic by being invited to try out for an NFL football team. Day after day, he endures a painful preseason practice schedule, which includes an overabundance of cold shoulders from the more prominent teammates. Then the last day of the preseason comes the last day for the official roster to be published. This long shot is asked to get his playbook and bring it with him because the head coach wants to speak with him. He has been expecting this for days, maybe even weeks. He has envisioned the conversation to play out like this. Well, son, we only have room for the best players in this team and you showed us some good things and we really appreciate your hard efforts, but we have to let you go. Well, he knocks on the office door. Come in, says the coach, and the player sits down, a bit dejected and sad, his stomach turning because of the inevitable words that are about to come his way. And the coach says, have a seat. And he leans back in his chair and he begins to say, well, here we are, the last day of the roster deadline, and you know that we only have room on our team for the best players. You have good skills, and I really appreciated your hard work and efforts. And then the coach leans in towards him and says, and we would like to keep you on our team. What? He made the team? Totally unexpected. Maybe even a little undeserving. And then the coach tells him, you may not be the best athlete, but you bring the best attitude and heart, and we need that enthusiasm on this team. So instead of getting fired, he was hired. For that football player, instead of exclusion, there was inclusion. And for Rahab, instead of condemnation, she received commendation. And for you and I that have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, well, we too will be granted that commendation. Specific to the deeds that we do, well, in any good deed that we do, our flesh will taint things. Very, very few acts on our effort 
will be completely pure. Our attitudes, our thoughts, and our intents will always muddy the picture. And our enemy, Satan, will be sure to point out our improper attitudes, trying to convince us to not do the good deed in the first place. But that said, I strongly encourage you to do right and just things, and to do them often, regardless of your attitude. Just do the best you can. Just do something nice. You know, try and do it with the best of intentions and motives, but remember that in the end, Jesus will extract the precious from the worthless. He exalted Rahab, and he will elevate you and me as well. One day he will say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. Well, I sincerely hope that you are blessed and encouraged today. May the Holy Spirit guide you in all areas of your life. Share what you've learned today and always be ready to share God's message of salvation through His Son, Jesus. Thanks again for joining me here today at the Carpenters Union. Until next time, may His face shine upon you and may He be gracious to you. Amen.